Welcome to Monday Morning Homeless Lenten Reflections. Today, we're going to have a little bit of story time, because the gospel is a gospel we heard a couple weeks ago about love your enemies, and you think about love your enemies, you think of the great spiritual heroes that embodied that, that are either saints or on the path to sainthood. Today, I want to talk about Father Emil Capon. If you don't know his name or haven't heard it, Google him. I will tell you a little bit about him during this podcast. He is a Korean War vet, born in Wichita, Kansas. About, uh, I want to say, nine years ago, he was given the Presidential Medal of Honor, posthumously. So the story about this man goes like this. Father Kapan served as an army chaplain during World War II and then the Korean War. He was taken captive in North Korea along with many soldiers and was held as a prisoner of war, which is when, as Comrade describes, his real heroism begins. The rest I'm going to take from an excerpt that I read in the Wichita Eagle of when they were telling the story about this extraordinary priest about nine years ago when he was receiving the Presidential Medal of Honor from President Obama. Soldiers like Mike Dow, William Funches, Robert Wood, Robert McGreevy, and Herb Miller, most of them Protestants, have spent decades writing letters or giving interviews describing repeated acts of bravery by Capon. They said he repeatedly ran through machine gun fire, dragging wounded soldiers to safety through the first months of the war. They said his most courageous acts followed in a prisoner of war camp, where Capon died in May of 1951. They said he saved hundreds of soldiers' lives using faith and the skills honed on his family's farm near Pilsen, Kansas. In the prison camp, he shaped Roofington into cooking pots so prisoners could boil water while preventing dysentery. He picked lice off sick prisoners. He stole food from his captors and shared it with his starving comrades. Most of all, Capone rallied all of them as they starved during sub-zero temperatures to stay alive. When their futures seemed hopeless, he persuaded them to hope. Hundreds died in the camp. Hundreds more survived. Now, one of the soldiers mentioned earlier, uh, William Funch, has said that he first met Capone in prison camp in February of 1951. By that time, Funches had, had not had a drink of water in three months. He'd eaten snow to stay alive. He came across a bearded scarecrow of a man bending over a fire, which was prohibited during, the, during isolation in the camp. The man was melting snow and drinking in a drinking cup and handed it to Funches. It tasted great, Funches said. Later, I saw Father Capon crossing a barbed wire fence, sneaking in at great risk to himself to tend sick and wounded enlisted men, in a different compound. In the following months, after guards began abusing Capon for defying their brainwashing classes, Funches, Dao, and others nearly came to blows with Chinese guards risking their lives to protect Father Capon, who had become sick and was now regularly abused by the guards. Funches said, I had the greatest admiration and respect for Father Capon, and it was indeed agony when the Chinese came and physically removed him from my room and took him on to the top of the mountain at the end of the camp. I had a pretty good idea what was going to happen. When I heard he had passed on, I knew it was a great loss, not only to the Catholics in our camp, but the non-Catholics. All of us loved Father Capon. Dow said that the Chinese prison camp guards murdered Capon in May of 1951 by isolating him in a hilltop building where the starving and enfeebled army chaplain had no way of getting water or food. He said they did so because Capon openly defied the camp guards after they tried to brainwash him and other prisoners into denouncing their country. 
Capon also violated camp rules by praying rosaries with other prisoners. By the time he died, other prisoners said Protestants and men of other beliefs were praying the Catholic rosary with Father Capon and were openly resisting the brainwashing classes. So the reason I bring his story up is because today you see this gospel of love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you quite vividly. This man had all these enemies surrounding him and torturing him, but yet he continued to minister as a Catholic priest. And a nice little end to the story, I know he died, but his remains were finally found in Korea and were brought back to the United States about a year and a half ago in the, in the summer of 2021. And we're finally, he was finally laid to rest properly in his hometown of Wichita, Kansas. When he was brought home, he was brought first to Honolulu, to Pearl Harbor, and they had a beautiful mass there when it, when it happened. But he is on the road to canonization. Why? Because he brought love where there was pure hatred. He brought hope where there was nothing but darkness. And that's what the people we need to attach ourselves to. Those who brighten our days, those who give us hope, those who help us see that Jesus Christ is the light, even in the darkest of nights. God bless you.